We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning, and we are pleased to be joined by Lori Matthew. She is Public Health Branch Chief for the Environmental Health and Drinking Water Branch at the Connecticut Department of Public Health. Good morning to you, Lori. Good morning, Aaron, and thank you for um, inviting me. We are talking water this morning. We saw water main breaks recently in Wyndham and Groton, which got us thinking about our water infrastructure and its age. So first, Lori, uh, tell us about how things work in terms of drinking water in Connecticut and what your branch oversees. There's a lot to that question. Uh, so my branch is at the branch of environmental health and drinking water. We have about 100 uh, staff, um, many uh, in the drinking water section in particular, many of the drinking water section, which there are about 50 professional staff, many of them are sanitary engineers. Um, we have a group of environmental analysts as well as health program associates that make up about 50 people within the drinking water section within my branch. The section itself uh, within the Department of Public Health, um, and, and just to mention that I do, our branch reports to uh, a deputy commissioner, uh, Heather Aaron, and, and uh, Commissioner Deirdre Gifford of our Department of Public Health. Um, so the drinking water section itself of 50 professionals, um, our engineers and environmental analysts are responsible for primacy of the Safe Drinking Water Act as and since 1976, as well as um, uh, oversight and responsibility to implement and uphold a whole set of state laws that have been around since the early 1900s that deal with um, water quality and water quantity of public drinking water supplies statewide. And, and in our state, you might think, well, we're, we're a small state, right? So how many public water systems do you really regulate? So how busy are you? Well, in our state, we are considered by EPA a medium-sized state, which is sort of odd if you think about it. Like, what do you mean? Well, there are 2,500 public water systems in our state, 2,500. A public water system is a system of pipes and a network with a source and with tanks and maybe some pumps that serves 25 or more people per day. 
And you say, well, how are there 2,500 of those? Well, in a small t- in small towns and say in the more rural parts of our state, which we have many small towns, you know, well over 100 towns have have lower populations where you'll have a state road and you'll have maybe um, like a 7-Eleven and a Dunkin' Donuts and a church and a and a and a shopping plaza and a this and a that and a school and each one of them in a firehouse um, and a town hall. Each one of them may be not interconnected. And because they're separated, um, they probably maybe grew up at different times or developed at different times. So they have their own well. And if you have your own well and you serve 25 or more people 60 days out of the year, then you are a regulated public water system. So that that gas station that serves water to the public because they serve coffee, that's a regulated public water system. Our engineers inspect and oversee the water quality that is pulled by the, the all of these systems. Majority of them have operators, certified operators that um, control these uh, systems. Uh, especially if they have treatment, many systems have treatment. They have chemical treatment, or they have reverse, um, uh, you know, what we call RO reverse osmosis systems that we review and approve as well. So we have oversight of the quality and quantity. Uh, the water systems, along with our operators, are responsible to sample the systems and bring that to a state certified laboratory that we certify. Um, and that information uh, on water quality comes into our data system. We oversee electronically. We oversee that data system. And that data that comes in has to be compliant with the Safe Drinking Water Act. Um, and that's known as primacy. So primacy is made up and is overseen by EPA. It's been around since the beginning of time. With EPA in 1974, under the Safe Drinking Water Act was the first first act. And in 1976, our department was second in the country to to get primacy. It means that we are responsible. Any rule that comes along under the federal government, we have to then take that rule, the federal law, and implement it within our state laws. There are 17, actually 18 distinct rules under the Safe Drinking Water Act that have come along over the decades. And every rule that comes along gets more complicated, as you can imagine. So we have rules that oversee groundwater protection, groundwater quality, surface water quality, uh, distribution, um, uh, and, and all kinds of different things, and different contaminants. There's different requirements for different contaminants. There's different standards. There's maximum contaminant levels, known as MCLs, that we have to uphold. So there's a lot of a lot of information that's coming into our data systems that we have oversight of. We have to oversee compliance. We also oversee enforcement to make sure that the water systems um, do what they what they are supposed to do. We also oversee, uh, we have an operator certification group that certifies over 2,500 public water system operators um, that operate our most complex uh, treatment systems and treatment plants that are out there that serve the public. Um, There are 36 surface water treatment plants in our state. Of those, you have a classification system of operators um, there's uh, what they call class four operators that operate the most complicated treatment systems that we have. And those 36 systems are those. Um, many of those people don't are not aware of. They have no idea uh, where their water comes from or what it takes to get that water uh, into their pipes, into their homes. But there is a whole network of people behind the scenes. And it, it's, it includes my team 
and our team within um, the health department that is overseeing quality, quantity, um, and overseeing the regulatory oversight. Uh, there's many layers of protection for our drinking water supplies. It includes making sure we have operators that are well-skilled, that are very professional, that uphold the requirements. To my staff that are well-skilled, our engineers, we also go out and inspect systems. Uh, large systems every three years, smaller systems every five. But these these staff are engineers. Many are you know are are decades with our department that have the skills and knowledge and abilities to be able to uh, understand all those seventeen or eighteen rules under the Safe Drinking Water Act, understand uh, the engineering um, and the requirements under uh, state and federal law, and then go out and inspect those water systems to make sure that the systems are compliant. If they're not, we, we issue a report, we work with the system to become compliant. If the systems don't wanna work with us, and in, there's not many of them, but there are some, uh, we work on enforcement. And um, you know that's essentially in a nutshell <laughs> what we do and how we do it. The pipes in the ground, if you were to go to some of the most mature parts of Connecticut, how old might some of those pipes be and what would they be made of? So uh, the history of water development in the state of Connecticut is quite intriguing. So some, some of our systems were developed before the Civil War. And I'm not saying that some of those pipes are still <laughs> in the ground, but uh, it's possible. Um, recently, I think in uh, one of our larger municipal systems, they dug up a wooden pipe. Yes, I said wood. <laughs> um, you know, some of these systems are, are quite old. Again, uh, before the Civil War, I believe Middletown um, is one of our older systems uh, developed before the Civil War. And, and the, 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 the decade of the 1840s comes to mind when I think about Middletown. Um, the city, uh, you know, I say that the, the city systems such as Bridgeport, um, Waterbury, um, New Britain, Hartford, uh, Norwich, Groton, New London, all developed around the same time when there was a need for the industrial, you know, the industrial revolution or a lot of industries moving into Connecticut, the need for water for industry, the need for water for firefighting, the need for water for the people that were moving into these areas um, and these were getting developed. So there's a lot of um, systems that were built just after the civil war. Um, and, and so there are pipes in the ground um, that are still about 100 years old. There are some. Um, cast iron. Um, some of them are, are you know, interestingly, um, I'll tell one specific item uh, from what I know. The pipe that sits out in front of our building is over 100 years old in Hartford. Um, it's on in, in the MDC, the Metropolitan District Commission that serves the greater Hartford area, about 400 or so thousand people in the greater Hartford area, they have quite a very robust uh, asset management plan for replacement. And so one of the things that they've told us is that that pipe will, will be replaced um, at some point, but it doesn't need to be replaced today because it's still doing well, even though it's a hundred years old. So some of these pipes that were developed, produced and installed were so well done that they're still doing their job even today. 
Um, and so some utilities um, will go in and reline the pipe. We'll keep the pipe, the core pipe itself is still there, but they reline it with a like a cement liner. Or you'll go in and clean the inside of the pipe with what they call like a, a pigging process. They go in and, and just scrape the inside of the pipe out and pull all that out and then possibly reline it after that. And so, you know, we have some pipe that is very old in the ground, but it is still very good and serves the public very well. But certainly our larger systems. So there's a, I mentioned the 36 surface water plants. So there are about 40 systems that utilize those 36 plants in Connecticut. Of those 40 systems, they serve well over 10,000 people. So for those larger community public water systems, like the ones I mentioned, um, and and a lot of them are, are larger municipal systems like Danbury, New Britain, Waterbury, Meriden, Wallingford, um, you know, on and on, you know, even up into Putnam. Putnam serves about 8,000 people. But their systems have aged, and each one of those systems put together a water, what is known in Connecticut as a water supply plan. It's a Connecticut law um, that was developed in the 1980s, in the mid-1980s, because of the 1981 drought. The legislators came together and pulled together a water resources task force and said, wait a minute, we can't be running out of water. Because 1981, there was a drought that really hit us pretty hard in 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 um, the southwest tail of Connecticut and uh, Greenwich was almost out, literally almost out of water. They developed all these planning requirements. So there are, for the last 30 years or so, there have been re planning requirements for our larger utilities to put together plans to look at asset management planning and to develop um, uh, capital improvement programs. And these plans are updated every six or nine years by these water utilities. They come into the state. There's four agencies that get those plans and are responsible to review. Um, our agency is responsible to review and approve those plans. So the, the planning in Connecticut is unique across the country. I, I have not seen anything like this planning requirement that has been around this long, that has been this comprehensive and asking the utilities, not asking, but mandating utilities to produce these plans and put together an asset management plan that is solid that makes sure that you're looking at how, you know, the age of the pipes, but also the condition of the pipes and the type of pipe is important. Now, we'll, let's step over to, um, to one of the incidents that, that took place, um, you know, between Groton and Wyndham. One of them had um, the pipe that, that broke was from the 1960s. And you might say, well, that's not that, you know, that's not that old, but uh, and it really isn't when it when you come to pipe age, because most of our pipes are older than that. Um, but that pipe material was made of something that was much more brittle. And at that time, we see that the pipes that were manufactured in the 50s into the 60s were pipes that are more apt to break. And for whatever reason, the manufacturing at that time was not as good as it was even prior to World War II. Um, so sometimes it's not the age, it's the material. And then also another dynamic here is how the, the pipe is installed. Was it installed correctly? You know, there, it's not just throw it in the ground and forget it, you know, dig a trench, throw it in the ground. You know, there's a skill to all of that and making sure that that is done correctly and having good oversight by the people that do the install is incredibly important. And that, that goes to some of the expense of replacing this pipe. 
You know, it, if you can imagine how complicated it is in downtown, say downtown New Haven to replace a pipe because in the ground, there's all kinds of, you know, every single utility you could name is in the ground. So it gets very expensive very quickly. But through this planning mechanism, uh, these utilities, um, whether it's, you know, the Regional Water Authority out of New Haven or the MDC out of Hartford or Aquarian Water Company that serves Greater Bridgeport all the way down to Greenwich now and Stanford, or it's, you know, New London Water that serves in London and Waterford um, or, or any of them in between, Norwich, you know, they, and, and Groton Utilities, Willimantic, Wyndham Waterworks, they all have these water supply plans that guide them to do what they need to do. And, and review of aging infrastructure is a big part of those plans. We are talking to Lori Matthew, Public Health Branch Chief with the Environmental Health and Drinking Water Branch at the Connecticut Department of Public Health. Lori, as we have this national conversation about infrastructure improvements how are we doing in Connecticut? Do we have a list of water projects that are ready to go if all of a sudden federal funding becomes available? Oh, we sure do. We're, we are so we are so excited because we do have uh, what is known as, and every every state has this program, which came about in, in the um, the 1996 uh, amendments under President Clinton. The amendments to the Safe Drinking Water Act started what is known as the DWSRF program across the country the Drinking Water State Revolving Loan Fund Program. That program been around since 1996 in the state of Connecticut and is also in every other state. As primacy holder, that program came to us. We developed it and we've loaned over. It's a loan program and it can be subsidized. And what we understand that President Biden is working on right now is that they would utilize the SRF programs across the country as the mechanism to help subsidize loans at a higher level. So that if, you know, right now we, we have a list of projects under our SRF program. It's a process we do every year. We generate a list. We, knowing that there was possibly infrastructure funding coming because there's been a discussion about this for a while, for the last two years, essentially, and knowing that we've really been pushing our utilities to give us really great projects and another and so we do have a list we have a list of projects we actually have a public hearing coming up uh in august 18th um for our process and it's an open public hearing that anyone can come and talk about you can see all of the projects the project priority list i believe we have a list of over 300 million dollars in projects and we're very excited. It's the largest amount of projects that we ever have had. And we would love to be able to take our base program and be able to subsidize with whatever the federal government comes along with. And we'll be able to more highly subsidize loans to a public water system. And that, you know, it's not only the municipal based public water systems that can benefit. It's also the, the rate regulated um, public water systems are also part of this program and can take advantage of it, uh, like the Aquarians and Connecticut water companies. We, our customers right now through our, through our program, our SRF program drink for drinking water has loaned over to $350 million over the last many years. We have funded recently, Groton Utilities is a good example. It's our largest loan ever for $54 million, um, subsidized by $15 million in state funding. 
um, to help the Groton Utilities afford uh, that treatment plant. Um, because costs, just when they first started planning that treatment plant, it was in the $30 million range. And then once they got through the process of what they needed to do to treat the water, it became a $54 million plant. They couldn't, which they really couldn't afford, didn't have the funding for. And we were able to subsidize that loan to help them and the community afford uh, that treatment plant. The, the, the exciting thing is uh, that plant has been built. That plant is state of the art. And they were able, the people of Groton Utilities were able to keep their treatment plant up and running while the plant was being rebuilt around it, which was really kind of a cool project to watch. And um, I believe uh, right now as we speak, um, that water is being served through that plant. So that was an exciting project, the biggest project we ever had. Um, but we have other projects that are multi-million dollar projects, you know, pipe replacement projects, many uh, you know, MDC takes advantage of the funding. Many of these pipe replacement projects are in the uh, city of Hartford directly, um, Bloomfield, Windsor. And, you know, we have other projects uh, from utilities that have been good, as well as uh, interconnections. Norwich has interconnected with the uh, emergency interconnect uh, with the town of Sprague. Um, that was helped out uh, by a subsidized subsidization from the state as well. We've been very successful the last 10, 12 years in getting money out the door. It really got started when we had the stimulus funds from President Obama. That really kickstarted our program, and we've been very successful ever since. We're looking forward to this time where the infrastructure funding can come again, we hope, to the SRF programs and help provide um, subsidization to help these programs, that actually the projects, that we have on our list today. So we do, it's a really good question because we do have a, pro, a project list, we call it the project priority list under the SRF program. And that list is along with our intended use plan for that, which is a requirement under the federal government, under EPA, to produce the plan along with a list, hold a public uh, hearing uh, in a public comment period, which is starting soon. Um, but the hearing is on the 18th of August, and it's a chance for the utilities or anyone to come out and provide comment on these projects. So back, in, I'll give you an example of a subsidization of a loan and why it's so critical to help. And, and what happened in 2009 and 2010, the subsidy of a loan was, at, was set at 56%. Right now, we're offering between 5 and maybe 20%. You know, for some of the areas that are disadvantaged is a higher percentage. We work with, the, you know, people that are in disadvantaged communities get a higher subsidy. Um, but we're only able to offer 25%. But if we're able to, we hope that this infrastructure funding can come in and help subsidize these loans so that utilities can make these projects more affordable. Because there, there is a, also part of the SRF programs across the country it's known as the need survey. So EPA, in order to understand the need across the country, requires each uh, drinking water program to produce a to work on a need survey. In Connecticut, the last need survey, this is done every four years, uh, last need survey said that there was $4 billion of need over the next 20 years in our state. And we believe that to be under an underestimate. We believe it's more like five billion. And right now, staff within our drinking water section, within our environmental health and drinking water section, as a matter of fact, are working on the next needs survey. 
and we pull together the needs across the state and that 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 plan is pulled together that report is pulled together and the last need survey is actually publicly available if you'd like to see that Aaron it does talk about the needs in Connecticut um, and we think it's more like five billion as a matter of fact because times have changed um, uh, the expense of putting pipe in the ground and pipe replacement is it, it's just becoming more and more expensive just over the last couple of years. Um, you know, a foot of pipe in the ground, it depends on where you are, but a, a foot of pipe in the ground may cost you three to $350, just one foot. And then if you're in downtown New Haven or Hartford or Bridgeport, and you've got to maneuver between all the other utilities that are in the ground, it may be more expensive. She is Lori Matthew, Public Health Branch Chief with the Environmental Health and Drinking Water Branch at the Connecticut Department of Public Health. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Aaron, and I I greatly appreciate you having the Department of Public Health on and, and your interest in drinking water and public drinking water supply. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.